You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome in to a Friday edition of the show. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there. Plenty to get to ahead on today's podcast. BYU men's hoops get some mojo back. Snaps a four-game slide with an 83-82 victory over Loyola Marymount. We'll dig into that. Also look ahead to their matchup with Pepperdine on Saturday. We'll also talk about the women's hoops program putting up another 100-point performance, 104 points to be exact, as Jeff Judkins wins his 450th game game as head coach. So we have plenty to cover ahead on today's show as well as one of the top prospects in all of the country naming BYU as one of his top programs he is considering signing with. We'll talk more about who Walker Lyons is. If you don't know his name you'll want to get to know his name and we'll dig into that as well on today's show. So without further ado let's get back to it. I am back from vacation so let's have some fun. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 11th 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a huge thank you for all your support while I was on vacation. I was in Florida with my family, spending some time at Disney World, and it feels good to be back. I am refreshed. I'm ready to roll. My knees probably won't ever be the same after walking all that distance and all that on all that pavement and everything out there in Disney World. But hey, vacations are great. I had a great time with my family, but I am excited to be back doing quote-unquote live editions of Locked On Cougars. And let's start today by talking about the BYU men's basketball program. They got an 83-82 victory over Loyal and Marymount last night, and they made this one look a lot harder than it probably should have been. But considering BYU was on a four-game losing streak, any victory is a good victory for the Cougars. The good news is this actually keeps their somewhat... I look at the NCAA tournament projections and BYU is still in the mix as a bubble team right now. Had they lost to LMU, that probably would have snuffed out any and all hopes of them getting an at-large bid. That victory does keep their bid alive. It sure seems like we'll have to continue to track how things go with the projections out there. I I seem to trust guys who've been doing it for a long time, so I'm thinking of guys like uh, Gary Parrish, who does a good job with it. Um, Who else am I thinking of? I'm thinking Andy Katz. You guys know who I'm talking about. Those The bracket guys, the bracketologists, as they call themselves. They do a good job projecting all this, but BYU keeps their hopes alive with that 83-82 victory. LMU, not good. 2-8 in conference play. They were the second-to-last team. This is a team that you're supposed to go in and beat, and BYU made it look a lot harder than they probably needed to make it look, but BYU is 18-8 now, 6-5 in West Coast conference play, and nothing feels better than snapping a losing streak. BYU was tracking to lose their fifth straight game, which would have been the first time they've lost five straight games, I believe Gregor Bell said, since 1997-1998, which is the early, early years of the Steve Cleveland tenure. They went 9-21 and that year, if I recall correctly. Not a good team at all, and BYU did not want to match that program, but they avoided it, get the victory, and uh, Stan Johnson sure doesn't think that that final call on Seneca Knight was a foul. Unbleeping believable, if you read his lips and, you know, all that jazz and the uh, final moments of that game. I gotta say, though, 
any win is a good win right now for BYU basketball. Now you get ready to go face Pepperdine. We'll talk more about the Waves here in a moment, who are the last place team in the conference at the moment. But let's talk about some of the guys who stood out in this game. Fuseni Traore, folks, continues just to be an absolute star. He is going to be an absolute all-timer, it feels like, on the current trajectory he is on. He had 19 points, 12 rebounds, and a career-high four blocks in that victory. The concern is he did limp off late in that game. The hope is it's something minor. He's able to play against Pepperdine. But even if he's unavailable against Pepperdine, I'd sit him. You're going to have a whole week to get ready for a big matchup with St. Mary's. If he is anywhere less than... 100%. I'd sit him. You can beat Pepperdine without him. I truly believe that, but hey, maybe right now BYU is so fragile that you don't even want a chance that if he's able to go, you put him out there. I thought he was fantastic in that game. I also thought Alex Barcelo continued to play his steady ball. 40 minutes of action, 12 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds for him. A nice night. T. John Lucas came back from that injury, head, neck deal that he had. Uh, 17 points and a, 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 not career high, a season high 9 assists for the Cougars. He seemingly single-handedly willed BYU back into that game. They trailed by 17 in this one and he was just making play after play, setting up teammates, and was absolutely awesome. 17-9 and nine is nothing to sniff at. And then also Gideon George, a season-high 18 points for him. BYU doesn't win that game with his eight, without his 18 points. So there was a lot to take away from this. The bench unit, you want to see more production from them. You got 8 points from Trevin Nell. You got 3 from Spencer Johnson, who by the way, Spencer Johnson probably needs to shoot a little bit more than he has been. He's only one, he only shot two times in that game, hit the one three-pointer he had. And then Caleb Lohner had two points coming off the bench. I think the biggest thing right now for BYU is any and all victories are welcome victories for this team, especially when you have that four-game losing streak. I talked about it just before I left that that could stretch into a four-game slide. The question was how this team was going to battle back. And it felt like in the second half when BYU rallied from a 17-point deficit, put together a fantastic run to take the lead, it felt like, okay, they got their mojo back. They're feeling good about themselves. But credit to LMU. Eli Scott, uh, was it uh, Talia Papa, the big man uh, from Australia? Uh, Leia Papa, excuse me, Talia Papa. Leia Papa, Kelly Leia Papa, uh, Leia Pepe, I don't know. I'm pronouncing it all. I'm butchering all of these names. But nonetheless, you got to give LMU credit. They battled. They hung with BYU, made life miserable for the Cougars, and they did their job. The flopping that they were doing in that game was beyond embarrassing, I thought. Uh, their coach was irate at the foul call on Seneca Knight. That Seneca makes the one free throw he needs and then uh, does the intentional miss to try and uh, bleed the clock. You know what? It was a foul call. I don't I don't know what Stan Johnson, he can, he can bark all he wants about it, but when he watches the replay, there are two different instances of his player having illegal contact, which both constitute a foul on that play alone. I don't know how you can argue. He's going to stand up for his guy. I get why he's doing what he's doing, standing up for his guy, but at the same time, he's got to take a step back, look at that replay, and say, well, they did make the right call. A foul is a foul is a foul. I've always said that. I've always believed that. I, I don't like it when officials say, well, I'm just going to swallow the whistle. I'm, I'm going to let the guys determine the determine the game. Well, guess what? When a guy is getting interfered with and there's an advantage-disadvantage call that's played there, you got to make that call. 
And I'm glad that actually the sanity prevailed, makes the call. And credit to uh, Seneca Knight for stepping up and making two critical, uh, uh, not two critical free throws, making a critical free throw when he had attempted one all night. He was zero for zero from the free throw line in that game. Gets up there, calmly strokes the first one, and then does the intentional miss on the second one. That's exactly how you're coached to do it. That's how you're supposed to do it. And credit to him for handling his business. BYU had a pretty good offensive game in this but they were actually outshot uh, from the field by LMU. BYU shot 50.8% from the field, 38.7 from three. Both very good numbers, but they were both outdone by what LMU was doing. 56.5% from the field for the Lions, 43.5% from the three-point arc. And you know what? At this point, you take that one-point victory, you run over to Malibu, and now you hope to get a big win over the waves. I think the biggest thing right now for BYU is any and all victories are welcome right now. And if BYU wants to continue to keep their hopes of an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament alive, well, you got four games left. You're at Pepperdine tomorrow. We'll talk about the waves here momentarily. Then you've got at St. Mary's, you've got LMU once more, and then you've got Pepperdine once again. So you have a big showdown with St. Mary's is your lone game that you look at now and say, okay, that would really bolster our tournament resume. It's the 22nd ranked Gales right now. That's what you're looking for. The rest of the, the rest of the way, LMU's obviously going to be thinking of revenge when they come to Provo uh, in the in the penultimate game of the regular season. And also you have that second matchup with Pepperdine. But you know what? You take care of business in all four of these games outside of the St. Mary's game. And BYU should be feeling fairly confident going in to Selection Sunday. You win that game at St. Mary's and you're feeling really confident suddenly but the biggest thing is you got to take care of business against uh, St. Mary's. But let's talk about Pepperdine for a moment here. There's not a lot to know about. Pepperdine was a very good team the last couple of years. Had very good players. They all kind of graduated, and they've kind of just uh, hit the reset button on their squad right now. Jan Zidic is their leading scorer at 13 points a game. Maxwell Lewis also averaging 11.8 points per game. And then Houston Mallett, uh, one of their guards, averaging 11.2 points per game. So they don't really necessarily have a standout scorer on the roster and that's evidenced by the fact that they're 7-19 on the season. They're dead last in the West Coast Conference right now. This is a team, speaking of Pepperdine, the BYU will not typically uh, see in different circumstances and think, okay, we should go down there and absolutely dominate because Pepperdine playing at Firestone Fieldhouse has been a little shop of horrors for BYU for many, many years in the West Coast Conference. This year, it's a little bit different, though. I, I feel like BYU can walk into this game against Pepperdine tomorrow and feel fairly confident in their abilities. Pepperdine, they've only won once in the last, let's see, we're counting back all the way into December. They have won exactly one conference game against Pacific, 70-64. to That was two games ago. They got absolutely crushed by San Francisco in the most recent game. So BYU, you know what? You can go in there. I know this is a fragile Cougar team right now. They're not necessarily feeling their best considering they are 1-4 in the last five games. But they do have that most recent victory, snapping that four-game slide. They should take, should take some confidence going into this game against Pepperdine. Win that one, then spend your bye week getting ready for that matchup against St. Mary's. There's a lot still on the line for BYU basketball. This is not the team that we all thought they were at different points of the season. It's not the team that I thought they were for a long period of the season. I thought they were just absolutely on their way to the NCAA tournament, but 
it's how it just shows how quickly things can turn for you. A four-game slide absolutely flipped this season on its head. Now BYU's fighting, scratching, and clawing, trying to find their way into the NCAA tournament field. Right now, they're hanging by the skin of their teeth. The hope is now that they can put together a nice run to close out the season and do it with the biggest game being that matchup against St. Uh, Mary's a week from tomorrow. But first, you got to take care of business against Pepperdine. So go out there, beat the waves, come back home, get ready for your trip to Moraga, your final road game of the season out there at St. Mary's, a huge showdown a week from tomorrow night. And then you finish it out with two relative layups at home against LMU and Pepperdine once again. The writing's on the wall right now for BYU. You take care of business. You should be feeling fairly confident in your ability to make the NCAA tournament field. But the work remains to be done. We can talk about it all we want. But that team, speaking of BYU, they've got to go out there and take care of business and earn their way into March Madness. All right. So there you go. My thoughts on BYU basketball. A win is a win is a win. That's the overall takeaway. Now, let's talk a little bit about BYU football. I thought one of the cool things that we saw is developing and recruiting right now is BYU is building on a lot of the momentum they've had over the past two seasons, winning double-digit games. Well, one of the top prospects, maybe the top tight end prospect in all of the country, well, he named BYU as one of his top six schools. He's got a lot of connections to BYU, and for good reason, BYU is in the mix. For Walker Lions, who is he? We'll dig into him a little bit, and also we'll catch up on some other news and notes involving BYU athletics as we close out today's show here momentarily. Today's show is brought to you in part though by our friends over at BetOnline. They've had you covered this season with everything, with anything you need with your sports. Football, basketball, Tiddly Winks, I don't care what it is. BetOnline's got you guys covered. They've got more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march towards the Super Bowl this Sunday, you want to bet on the big game, do it with our friends at BetOnline.net. They remain the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with real lifetime updates of current games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends at betonline.net you can get over there at any time sign up for free and just check it out and see all the different offers available to you guys it's all courtesy of bet online where the game starts it's Super Week brought to you by our friends over at Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than with the Locked On NFL podcast. They've had you guys covered all week long with a lot of stuff going on down there in LA, excuse me, with SoFi Stadium serving as the host of the big game this weekend. Locked On Begnals and Locked On Rams are both in LA live covering the big game. There's been a lot of other folks down there as well from Locked On NFL. There's no better place to get that coverage, so check that out now. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one. All right, let's talk a little BYU football. Let's start off with Walker Lions, a six foot four, two hundred and thirty pound tight end out of Folsom High School in Folsom, California. If you've heard the name Folsom High School, you know it is synonymous with putting out absolutely stellar talent of late. They did a great job developing a lot of talent. Well, Walker Lions, this is the latest in in a long line of standout players to come out of this high school football program. The good news is. BYU is absolutely in the mix for this young man. He's rated currently by 24-7 Sports as a four-star prospect, 96.52 rating, which is absolutely elite. He has got offers from essentially anybody and everybody who are the who's who of college football. Alabama, Ohio State, USC, they all want this kid. He has got connections up and down to BYU, though, and he recently named his top six schools, and BYU is 
in the mix. The six schools, Alabama, Ohio State, Stanford, Utah, USC, and BYU. And I think the biggest thing is that each of these programs have a lot to offer this young man. But BYU has had a long line of standout tight end play. And if you read up on Dick Harmon's piece on Walker Lions and his connection to Brigham Young University and the football program in particular, this is a kid who cannot turn any direction and not have somebody he knows or is related to who does not go or has attended or has played for BYU football. It's absolutely insane. His father was a walk-on, played for the 1996 Cotton Bowl team. He's got connections to the Cauley family, the Rex family. It is just absolutely nuts the connection this young man has. He recently told 24-7 Sports about BYU. BYU fans have shown more love than anyone and BYU's made me seem like a priority to them and I feel I could play early, which is a positive. Overall, BYU is headed in a great direction with the move to the Big 12 and really is intriguing me more and more, especially with the fact of the job security and the program there. That's also one thing, by the way, that cannot be discounted. The fact that BYU has finally put some money where their mouth is, has up, re-upped Kawani Satake as they should have been all along during this past season. They have made him feel like he's secure in his job, and that's re- resulting in a lot of stuff looking at recruiting that players are taking note of. Okay, Kalani Sitake is pretty secure with BYU. Okay, we're good here. Obviously, with the likes of the Buckeyes, speaking of Ohio State, Alabama, Stanford, USC, and Utah in the mix, it is going to be an absolute dogfight for BYU to earn Walker Lions commitment and or national letter of intent, but man, if BYU can capitalize on this and let's just say they just shoot to the moon and land on the moon and get like guys like Cormani McLean, who's a five-star cornerback prospect who continues to mention BYU time after time. We're talking about BYU's recruiting just absolutely just skyrocketing. Do I expect BYU to be in the mix for guys like this annually? I don't necessarily think that I can say that, but the biggest thing is BYU right now, they are capitalizing on the momentum of having back-to-back double-digit win seasons. It cannot be discounted. BYU's national profile, what it has done with the rise of BYU football. A lot of naysayers out there can say, well, BYU won on the backs of being the likes of UTSA and blah, blah, blah. You know what? The fact of the matter is BYU BYU's won double-digit win seasons. They've had double-digit win seasons. They've been ranked in the final polls the last two years, and that is what young men worry about. What have you done for me lately? The Cotton Bowl, the National Championship, all that stuff is great for BYU, but none of the kids who are alive right now are being recruited like Walker Lyons is. They weren't alive for that. Their parents can tell them about all those glory years that BYU had, but they just they have not experienced it. They can look at what Zach Wilson is, and they can see Zach Wilson being the number two pick in the NFL draft playing for the New York Jets and say, that kid went to BYU. Maybe I could do that same thing for the Cougars. They can look at Tyler Algier, and by the way, we need to talk about Tyler Algier, the lone representative for BYU at the NFL Combine this year. Tyler Algier was a two-star prospect, a preferred walk-on from Southern California who had monster numbers in high school, but just didn't have any recruiting attention. BYU picks him up as a walk-on, and this kid is projected to be a mid-round pick in the NFL draft. BYU's momentum right now is absolutely insane, and they need to capitalize on any and all of it they possibly can get. A lot of it's coming on the offensive side of the ball. Walker Lyons, a tight end prospect. Tyler Algier is a running back who's helped guys like Christopher Brooks understand that their opportunity as a grad transfer coming into BYU is something they can capitalize on. There, there's a lot of good things happening on the offensive side of the football for BYU right now, and they're capitalizing on it. I hope that the defense can catch up with that. I know that while I was gone, that kind of fired up uh, BYU players and coaches and uh, 
analysts having some fun, or I guess not some fun, some contentious debates on what BYU's defensive philosophy on recruiting should be. I think I'm a broken record on it. BYU should be doing more instead of projecting on guys and taking flyers on developmental guys. Take some shots. I like BYU's doing. Walker Lions in another iteration of BYU football would be completely out of the stratosphere of BYU having a chance to land him just because he'd be like, you know what? I'm going to go play at the biggest, baddest program I can play at and go capitalize on that and live my dreams playing in the NFL. The nice part is right now, BYU can point and say, you can play in the NFL. Come here and do it. You can be the next star here at BYU. You can go live your dreams in the NFL. And by the way, you can play for a club that you have a, not a club, a program you have just ridiculous amounts of connections with. That's the biggest thing right now for BYU is they're doing a lot of good things. Want to say once again, congratulations to Tyler Algier being the lone uh, representative for BYU who will be at the NFL Combine. A bit disappointing that James Empey did not get that invite. As most people, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but talking with enough people, they invited 324 players to the NFL Combine. There are somewhere around 270 some odd NFL draft slots. The 324 players invited to the NFL Combine have what they call a draftable grade on them. That means an NFL team or teams have those players as guys that say, that guy's likely to be picked. That guy's likely to be picked. The unfortunate part for James Ampey, I feel like, is the fact that his injury concerns the last two years as he was at BYU have absolutely knocked down his recruiting profile, not his recruiting profile, his NFL draft profile, and have made it that he is going to be probably an undrafted free agent who's going to have to go in and earn everything he has been given. I'm, I don't have any doubt that a guy like James MP, if he finds the right situation for himself, could find himself on an NFL roster, but Tyler Algier appears to be the only guy who is in contention to be drafted this year, and if Tyler Algier is not drafted this year, I will eat my hat. He is going to be a mid-round pick, uh, day three at the very worst. I think he's probably somewhere between rounds four and five. I guess that is technically day three, but early on in day three, let's just put it that way. Uh, I don't think he lasts until the seventh round, but I have thought BYU players were going to go in the third and fourth rounds before, and all of a sudden they're being taken with the fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. So I I don't know how everything's going to fall in terms of the draft board for a guy like Tyler Algier, but very good to see him living his dream and getting that opportunity to go work out for NFL personnel out there in Indianapolis. The hope is that he will show up in shape. Obviously, he's been doing a lot of training right now. He needs to avoid any injuries that would preclude him from working out for NFL teams because they want to get their hands on these guys. That's the biggest thing is the NFL Combine. You come and you get medical tests. They're going to be taking every look at every inch of you as a player. They're going to test you. They're going to make you go through multiple workouts, aptitude tests, uh, all kinds of psychological profiles. It is as a critical a job interview week for an NFL player as you will find in almost any industry out there. It's it's nuts what the NFL Combine is all about. But a guy like Tyler Algier, it's cool to see him getting his opportunity. And currently, it's projected, he is one of the draft eligible guys out there. I think he's a mid-round pick. I think he's going to make any team that picks him very happy. Obviously, in this era of the NFL, the the running back position has been severely devalued, but you can still make life-changing money. We've seen that with Jamal Williams. He has done very well for himself. He's carved out a great career for himself. I think Tyler Algier, he's got every bit the opportunity that Jamal Williams had, and the hope is that he has a long and healthy career in the NFL and has a good run. We all know that the NFL stands for not for long. We'll go 
capitalize on it for as long as you possibly can. And I'm going to be rooting for a guy like Tyler Algier all the way along and looking forward to seeing him and covering him as the NFL Combine plays out in the next few weeks. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll round out today's show with some final thoughts on the podcast. Man, it feels good to be back, by the way. I, I, oh, also, one other thing we'll talk about before. Uh, my flight back from, from Orlando, uh, where I spent vacation with my family, pretty much had it all. Uh, we'll talk about that. Travel Tales with Jay Catch coming up here in just a second. First, though, let's talk for a minute about our friends over at Built Bar. I absolutely love Built Bars. I actually ate them every day while I was on vacation as part of my breakfast down there in Florida. They gave me the energy, the early juice to get through those long days at the parks with my wife and kids. We had an absolutely incredible time and Built Bars, they are the best tasting protein bar that I have ever had. If you guys tried the Puffs you have not, you have missed out on one of Built Bars best tasting bars. They're the First ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat. And the best part is they're also covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite. Some incredible flavors, including churro, coconut marshmallow, and my personal favorite, banana cream pie. Absolutely incredible. It's actually available now. You can get to built.com for a limited time. Get that banana cream pie puff. It's absolutely nuts how much protein they pack into these. 17 grams of protein. It's just nuts. They they do such a good job. And the best part is they're low calorie, high protein. They can replace all your candy bars with built bars or built puffs. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to three hundred calories. Your built bars, 130 to 180 calories. It's absolutely nuts. The macros, they just have no comparison with them speaking of built bars so get to built.com right now use the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off your order that's 15 percent off by using the promo code locked 15 at built.com get and join the best tasting protein bars and do it with our friends at built bar all right my friends before we go on this friday edition of the show let's talk about byu women's hoops the 20th ranked cougars absolutely pummeled uh Pepperdine 104 to 53 at the Marriott Center last night, I guess yesterday evening, giving BYU head coach Jeff Judkins his 450th career win. Absolutely awesome to see this. The women's hoops program had a little bit of a stumble, obviously, but they are continuing to absolutely roll, putting up over 100 points in a 40-minute game. It's nothing to sniff at. As I've said multiple times, this women's hoops program, they are a ton of fun to watch and cover, and if you have not taken the opportunity to watch them, hop on the bandwagon now. There's only a few games left in their season, the regular season, but they are projecting to be a pretty decent seed in the NCAA women's brackets and should be a tough out come March. Madness. Very much looking forward to seeing them making their run. And they just absolutely are killing opponents that are not named Gonzaga and or Portland at the moment. And it's really fun to see them do their thing. Uh, one other note real quick on that front is that you're looking at a team, speaking of the Women's Hoops program, that you can get really, really good seats for. I think I've said this on a previous podcast. You can go sit at center court at a BYU Women's Hoops program, like literally sit like front row for what, 50 bucks? It's nuts. You can actually really watch some high-level hoops from very close range if you want to do it. Get out to the Marriott Center. Support the Women's Hoops program. They're worth the price of admission. If you've not watched Shaley Gonzalez and or Paisley Johnson or just a number of other players, Lauren Gustin among them, play, you are missing out because they are absolutely stellar and they're just a, they play a fun style of basketball it, BYU men's basketball feels like it can be a grind on offense at times it's not the way with BYU women's hoops so they have got games they're at St. Mary's tomorrow that'll be at 2 o'clock mountain time uh, taking on the Gales on the WCC network but they are back home uh, to take on LMU next Thursday 
After that, they'll host Gonzaga. Then they finish up the season but with road games at Santa Clara and Pacific. So you got two more chances to watch the Women's Hoops program in person. That'll be next week, Thursday and Saturday. I would encourage you to take advantage of that opportunity. Like I said, they are just lights out and so much fun to watch. We'll have a full recap of how other sports perform this weekend on our Monday edition of the show. I'll probably do a special postcast edition, whatever happens, against Pepperdine for the men's program once they are back uh, in action tomorrow. Uh, that game, speaking of Pepperdine, I don't know if I mentioned this, it's going to be at 8 o'clock uh, tomorrow night. It'll be on the CBS Sports Network if you want to watch the men's hoops program in action. It's a big opportunity for men's basketball. Uh, I don't know how to say this any other way. I know the Pepperdine's no good. To, uh, they have been the worst team in the West Coast Conference all year long, but you got to go out there and take advantage. So set CBS Sports Network, set your DVRs, 8 o'clock Mountain Time. It'll be at the Firestone Fieldhouse down there in Malibu. A big opportunity for BYU men's basketball. Any win is a good win right now. And also the women's team, as I mentioned, will be in action at 2 o'clock if you want to watch them streaming on the WCC network. Now, uh, let's talk about my travel woes for a minute here. And I travel uh, not very often. I just not something I do. I pandemic obviously has been playing a big role in that, but I've I've traveled a fair amount in my life and I've flown a lot of different places, but there have been multiple things I've heard uh, travel tales of people uh, acting unruly on flights, people uh, having motion sickness and throwing up on flights. I have never experienced any of this in person until my flight home uh, yesterday and just absolutely nuts, my friends. Uh, first off, my daughter is the person who threw up. Uh, we were on descent into Salt Lake City, and she leans over to my wife and says, Mom, I don't feel so good. My wife's like, okay, well, let's give you uh, something to eat. You'll be feel a little bit better. And she said, no, she was saying, no, I don't feel good. This is happening now. And all of a sudden, just starts throwing up. And not pretty, obviously, and embarrassing as all get out for us as her parents. But you know what? It happens. And she's had no ill effects since then. But she just, I think the, we had some turbulence. Uh, coming over the Rockies, flying home, and she she did, apparently did not agree with her. So she throws up. I'd never experienced a person getting sick on a flight in all my life until that. So a little bit embarrassing as a parent there. But then also, this flight, we had unruly passenger who refused to wear his mask in violation of federal law. We've all heard that. And spare me your politics on this. Let me just be clear about this. Uh, I saw him get warned multiple times. And then I saw the first mate, or I don't, how do they go, the, the first I don't know what you call it. The, the, the co-pilot, I guess is what you'd call it. The co-pilot came back and essentially told the dude, you wear your mask properly or we will be calling security once we're on the ground in Salt Lake City. And that dude, you could see his face like, oh, this is a big deal. Yeah. So saw that happen. And then also uh, saw a guy uh, getting after a flight attendant. Uh, he got told to cool it by multiple other passengers. Uh, I was very glad it did not escalate in anything more, but Folks, it was an, uh, I guess you'd call it an entertaining or eventful flight home for yours truly. Just nuts. I, I'd never had experienced any of those three things on a flight. I've heard all the horror stories about all of them, but to have all three of them, the, the trio, happen on a flight that I was on all in the same flight, wow. What a event. What a flight home, but good to be back in the saddle. Uh, probably a little disjointed on my thoughts today on the podcast. It's kind of funny how podcasting goes, by the way. Uh, you get into a routine, you get used to it. It's like it's like practice with a sport or anything else that you do. You practice. You get into a routine, you start to get, get into it. Well, guess what? It becomes part of the routine. It just becomes natural. When you take a week or so off, like I have, it's a little harder to get back into it. So hopefully I have sounded a little better as the show has gone on today, but the flow does not necessarily feel like it has been there today, but hey, 
We'll be back and doing it better tomorrow with a postcast edition after the Pepperdine game for BYU men's basketball and also a full edition. We'll be back on Monday. We're back to doing daily episodes. Apologies yesterday, the podcast with those travel woes and some of the issues we had getting back home. Did not get an episode out yesterday, but glad to be back in the saddle today. And we will have you guys covered moving forward daily like we typically do. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. A huge thank you once again for your support of the podcast. As always, hope you all are doing well. Hope you guys are doing great and glad to be back with you guys and obviously we'll be talking again soon this has been the locked on cougars podcast for february 11th 2022 and we will catch you guys soon